You're listening to Trending with Timory, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics. National speaker Timory Millington has been a passionate advocate for life as long as she can remember, helping Gen X through Z answer the call to true feminism and authentic manhood. Timory holds a master's degree in biblical theology, and she covers this week's hottest stories from a Catholic worldview. You're listening to Trending with Timory. It's great to be back with you in the second week of Advent. For those who are joining us, following along with those Advent candles, wondering what they symbolize. Even if it's not Advent, you're maybe listening to this episode on the podcast. Our theme today is the theme of peace. With me today, my guest is our new regular guest on Trending, Father Robert Spitzer of the Magis Center, author of numerous books and aids to guide you in your spiritual life, prayer life, learning more about the faith. He's also the president of the Magis Center of Reason and Faith and the Spitzer Center, as well as the co-founder of the Napa Institute. Father, if I were to read your whole bio and background, (laughs) let's just say if you don't know Father Robert Spitzer, please take the time to become more familiar with his work. Father Spitzer, I want to talk about this theme of peace today. It's Mm -hmm. the second week of Advent. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I hear the word peace and I almost cringe a little bit in today's kind of cultural landscape Mm -hmm. where, you know, people talk about how, oh, I just want world peace and that's my goal in life. (laughs) (laughs) And we kind of miss the mark, though, because peace is actually one of the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So we're going to unpack this today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's worth packing unpacking and definitely uh, um, it has a lot to it in the spiritual life. Do you think this desire when people say, especially young people today, you know, we see younger and younger people, high school students getting involved in uh, causes that they find to be very noble and sometimes they Mm -hmm. are. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a sense of the actual gift virtue of peace and this desire for world peace? You know, do you see the two kind of going hand in hand or is it just kind of totally separate? Well, I think there's certainly a good feeling about serving other people or working for a cause that, you know, is good, whether it be for the environment or for peace in the world or uh, to help somebody get some food who, who's in need of it or just being at a homeless shelter, whatever it may be. I mean, I think people get um, uh, definitely a, a good feeling from that form of service. There's a, definitely a form of love and empathy there that's that's very good. Um, peace may not be um, um, the word I would use. Uh, sometimes people use peace like they did in the 60s, you know, peace with the old <laughs> peace sign there, you know, and it means nothing more than hello. Um, you know, now shalom in in Hebrew has a very deep and significant meaning that's way beyond sort of I want the ideal of world peace. Well, I don't know what that's going to mean in your life right now. Uh, I don't know what it's going to mean in the world right now. Um, that might be a pretty lofty goal for uh, anybody individually, let alone collectively, to aspire to. So I, I think um, we're probably left with the, the vantage point. It's peace in, in that sense pretty empty. Um, I don't, I'm not judging their motives, but I think what they, they're thinking about is I get a great feeling when I uh, do some service for people, and that's very legitimate because it, it, it arises out of empathy and love. 
So ultimately, this peacefulness behind the, the desire for world peace, getting involved mm -hmm. in causes, is more so putting myself at the center of a feeling of helping others, essentially. Yeah, I think there there is a lot to that. And I think, you know, um, um, it's not so much, uh, you know, helping people to get in contact with who can really achieve peace. And so sometimes, you know, kids will understand um, what cosmic emptiness, alienation, loneliness, and guilt are like uh, if you take the time to describe it to them. And they will know that sort of a world uh, view of peace that's, that's locked into the world is probably not going to alleviate that emptiness, loneliness, alienation, and guilt on, on a cosmic level. And so maybe I, if I have a second, I just describe, you know, emptiness is, uh, you know, that what I mean, cosmic emptiness is like, a, you know, you're looking in the mirror and you're, you're seeing yourself come back with almost no substance and you feel a void in the pit of your stomach and you're, you know, asking yourself, am, am I just without substance? Am I in a life without substance? And there's just this deep sense of vacuousness and emptiness that you cannot fill. And you might be able to think, well, gee, if I, uh, you know, give, go out and, and serve somebody on Thanksgiving, that might help. It, it might. Uh, but at the end of the day, just hold on to that for a moment because there's still going to be something that's missing. There's also that kind of cosmic loneliness where a person is, uh, you know, really um, with all of their relatives and friends, they're doing so well and people respect them. Yet as they're sitting there, they're just thinking, I am so alone. There's something missing in my life. I, I just, nobody in this room, my friends, my family members, they, they can't fill me up. I still feel the emptiness within me as I'm sitting here with those who love me. And then you've got cosmic alienation. That's the person who's walking down the street thinking honestly that the world is completely black, empty, cold. It's, it's very uh, difficult for that person to connect uh, with the totality of things. And in fact, that, that person oftentimes feels completely out of kilter with the totality. And yet, you know, that person may be very successful on level two and even contributive on level three, yet these things are pervasive. And then guilt, I mean, People feel this terrible sense of guilt uh, for, you know, what they know not. It's almost like Franz Kafka's trial, you know, where the, the protagonist keeps saying, you know, you know, uh, well, you know, I feel guilty. And, you know, the judge says, you're guilty as charged. And the guy goes, but what did I do? Well, you have the right to appeal. But what did I do? Well, you have the right to appeal. And they don't know they're left in this state of perplexity. And that's where a lot of our young people are. If we explain to them what these things are and that God is the source of peace, they'll experience that peace and they'll know what it is from experience. You're listening to Trending with Timory. That is Father Robert Spitzer. All of what you're saying, Father Spitzer, is so relevant to this mental health crisis, this mm -hmm. um, lack of pursuit even of the Christian faith, this discomfort, even if people are Christian, they think, mm -hmm. well, I don't know if my religion, I don't know if my political party, I don't know if this really is trying to achieve peace because I myself do not feel at peace. You're describing modern man mm -hmm. in so many ways. And even at this 
really holiday season that we're entering into, mm-hmm. we have this theme sometimes for so many people that is so deep. Yeah. When you were talking about this alienation and emptiness that many people mm-hmm. feel like you said, I don't think anyone really gets me. Mm-hmm. There's this interior turmoil that is so deep that I want to dive into, well, what is peace then? You know, is it that, you know, being Mm -hmm. peaceful in nature? Is it, you know, that meditation yoga? We'll unpack Mm -hmm. that, but let's talk about what the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that virtue of peace is. Right. And so when we feel that cosmic emptiness, alienation, loneliness, and guilt, and we know we are powerless to get ourselves out of it, that's actually a good state, even though it's very painful. Um, you know, the existentialist philosophers called it angst or dread, you know, uh, you know, kind of a foreboding. But we cannot control it ourselves because even as the atheistic existentialists realize the only way out is God. You need an absolute and to be in communion with an absolute to get out of it and to find true peace. So peace just isn't the alleviation of cosmic emptiness, alienation, loneliness, and guilt, but it is being filled with a presence of an absolute, the presence of a God who is perfect truth, love, goodness, beauty, and above all home, which we'll talk about a little bit more about in a moment. But the point is that when I'm filled with that sense of being at home with God, I'm at home with everything. And that alleviates not only the cosmic emptiness, alienation, loneliness, and guilt, it gives me a positive sense of peace, that everything is going to be okay, that I'm in communion with the one who is the absolute for which I am living. This is the one who can give me absolute meaning in life. And now he's infusing that absolute meaning in life in me right now. And he's leading me toward absolute fulfillment in that meaning in life in his kingdom of heaven and eternity. And I know it intrinsically. I know it intuitively. And it really does fill me up with peace. I think this helps us to better understand the sacrament of confirmation. I feel like that's the one sacrament we just Mm -hmm. don't get, which is ironic because the way, Mm -hmm. you know, the formation for confirmation is we still don't understand why is it so important. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons it is important is that it has to do in some ways about our deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, but also our ability to evangelize. Mm -hmm. And when we have that fruit of the Holy Spirit of peace, we recognize literally Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is present in our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's that Mm -hmm. a alleviation Mm -hmm. of all pressure from what we have responsibilities for, essentially. Absolutely. And so, uh, in a way, um, you know, confirmation gives us that ability not only to evangelize, it just places a desire in our hearts that somehow Mm -hmm. the greatest fulfillment we can have is to share our faith with others so as to save them. Obviously, they are free to accept our message or not accept our message, but we just have that desire that the Holy Spirit gives us, and desire is a huge deal, and um, too much maybe for today's episode, but but uh, it, 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 when that is enkindled within our hearts, we start finding meaning in just saying something like, oh, you ought to consider this, or hey, would you go to church with me, or have you ever seen this uh, book by so-and-so, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, you know, just those little suggestions already as we lead people on the road to salvation, we start feeling a fulfillment and a peace through that fulfillment that we never felt before. So it's, yes, it's being in relationship with the Lord. That does fill us with that uh, special spiritual peace, but also evangelizing 
uh, fills us with that special spiritual peace because we are fulfilled in the most meaningful life we can have to help others get to heaven, as well as, of course, ourselves to get to heaven. That, that, that is the most meaningful life we could possibly have. And so that all of a sudden we feel a peace that we never felt before, and that makes all the difference. That's Father Robert Spitzer. You're listening to Trending with Timory. If you want to share this episode with someone, maybe you're driving in the car, wherever you might be, you can head over to radiotrending.com, where you can not only share this episode, but also share other episodes where Father Spitzer joins us here on Trending. Father Spitzer, I want to talk about peace from the perspective of some of your work that you've written, The Five Pillars of the mm-hmm. Spiritual Life. If you haven't read this work, please pick it up. You also have modules of this on some of your websites. Mm-hmm. Where can people find that? Yeah, you can find it, um, uh, first of all, if you go to majacenter.com, uh, you'll go to the fourth landing page. So there's one on science and faith. There's another one on happiness and suffering. There's a third on what might be called the reality of Jesus, and then a fourth that's called uh, improving in the moral and spiritual life. It's on that fourth landing page. You go to the uh, spiritual life one and just go to free videos and scholarly articles. Just click on the scholarly articles that concern, um, you know, uh, deepening your spiritual life. And, you know, there's some spontaneous prayers to get started. There's some lessons for how to get going on a contemplative life. There's uh, some um, uh, suggestions for following the Holy Spirit, etc. So there, just look for those articles right on that fourth landing page, majuscenter.com. That's M-A-G-I-S center.com. When you talk about peace, you talk about peace as, quote, having a deep sense of home. Mm -hmm. And this really stood out to me because we live in a time where people are uprooted and they're moved all over the country and they no longer feel like they have a landing spot. Mm -hmm. Not only that, there's this uh, sense of not feeling at peace within our own bodies, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, exterior or interior, you know, having to do with Mm -hmm. weight loss and so forth or just Mm -hmm. uh, the mental health crisis. Can you describe what be, having this deep sense of peace at home is? Yeah, one of the key problems that people don't recognize in their life. So let's suppose you just became um, a beauty queen. And let's just suppose you became a great athlete and you're a great intellectual scholar and everybody respects you. And, you know, you've got uh, a few and far, far between challenges. You know, you're, you're, you're doing okay. Yet you feel this deep sense of longing that something is missing, you're out of kilter with everything, that you're still not at home here. Now, once you start feeling that deep sense of feeling, you know, I can't do anything about that. Another success won't help me. Uh, Publishing another book will not help me. More respect from others is not going to help me, et cetera, et cetera. You get to the point where you know, I I can't do anything for myself. I, I, I need something else. And what you need is to be at home with God. He is the totality. Let's start with St. Augustine's phrase in Book 1, Chapter 1 of the Confessions. For thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Now, in that particular um, uh, episode, what he means is we'll never be satisfied with anything that is not God. We'll never get true meaning in life. We'll never get a true sense of being at home with ourselves, let alone at home with the sense of uh, with the, uh, the whole of the totality. We'll never get a true sense of of that 
fulfillment if we don't have a, a communion with perfect truth, perfect love, perfect goodness or justice, perfect uh, beauty and, and majesty, and perfect being or home. If we don't have that communion with the living God, the God who interacts, the God who is perfect truth, love, goodness, beauty, and home, we don't have that communion with him. We're always going to feel out of kilter with the whole world. We're always going to feel that something is radically missing. And then, you know, if you're not the beauty queen, if you're not the great athlete, if you're not the great scholar, if you're not the great speaker, if you're not the great whatever, right, then all of a sudden you've got more problems. Now you've got, as it were, a cosmic loneliness and alienation heaped upon a worldly loneliness and alienation because we're yearning for all the wrong things. If we can go and skip a step, go right to being in communion with God, starting our prayer life, going to Mass more often, uh, you know, becoming fulfilled by that perfect truth, love, goodness, beauty, and home, which, who is God, if we start there, then you'll see that the other forms of alienation begin to dissipate. And by the way, once that happens, you can use these spontaneous prayers that I have in that on that website that says getting started on prayer uh, just go to those spontaneous prayer one of them is called push back the foreboding and then that's a really important prayer so when that alienation starts when that foreboding starts when that darkness seems to be kind of hovering over me when that emptiness starts coming in into my life it, it could be because maybe somebody's plotting evil against you it, it could be it could be because the evil spirit is nearby and and is of course always plotting evil against you or it could be just from that cosmic emptiness loneliness and alienation I just say that prayer. I even use my hands to push it back. I just go, dear Lord, push back the foreboding. Push back the foreboding, dear Lord. Push back whatever's causing this foreboding, dear Lord. And I'm not kidding you. By the time I get to about the fifth or sixth time I say that, the foreboding it dissipates. <clears throat> Faith is amazing. Pray that prayer. You'll see how communion with God is so powerful for bringing peace. That's Father Robert Spitzer. You're listening to Treading with Timory. Father Spitzer, I love how you take your whole body into the prayer, putting your uh-huh. hands up, but not only that, repeating a prayer over and over again. I think sometimes mm-hmm. cr- people criticize Catholics for repeating in the Hail Mary, <laughs> the Our Father, and only having yeah. organized prayer. Mm-hmm. But in these simple, repetitive prayers, it mm-hmm. is kind of speaking, um, I hate to say this, but like speaking peace into yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, you're reminding yourself uh, to be calm, to have perspective, but also you're inviting the Holy Spirit into your life <laughs> and uniting a- ultimately yourself to God in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so people, I think, sometimes miss the mark when a lot of the times people have this mantra that they live by and, you know, they're yep. going to get their, their head back into the right space, yep. but they're missing that communion part of the mantra. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, so Sometimes, you know, saying that prayer again and again, you think, well, I'm talking peace to myself. In a way, you might be, but that's the surface. The real grace will come. If you just keep saying, Lord, push back the foreboding, keep focusing on the Lord. And as you're saying that prayer, more than push back the foreboding. And as you focus on him, just say, Lord, push back the foreboding. Lord, push back the foreboding. You know, you're going to notice that a grace that's well beyond yourself starts coming into your life. And that grace starts filling you up. And you, I am so amazed sometimes. I go, wow, 
That prayer really worked, and I know I didn't do anything. I just know I was feeling this terrible sense of emptiness and foreboding one minute. Now, uh, three minutes later, I'm not feeling it after saying that prayer. It's almost as if God is taking care of everything, and I know that, you know, just be at home with him. Just put yourself in his hands. He's taking care of things. He's leading me out of this as he will lead you out of it. That's how he brings peace. You have the sense of peace, and all you have to do is almost not refuse it when he gives it, and not just say, oh, uh, I didn't do this. You know, therefore, maybe I talked myself into this or whatever, and, and you, know, you, you don't want to talk yourself out of it. Just say, Lord, thank you. I accept the peace. I'm with you. We take for granted this uh, ability to call upon our Lord, but just like we take for granted the grace and the sacraments, and this is mm-hmm. an example of offering ourselves to our Lord and inviting him to sanctify the space Mm -hmm. literally that we're living in. Mm -hmm. We forget that there's a reason Jesus Christ came in time in space. Mm -hmm. There's this physical reality and dimension that we can call upon even in prayer. Mm -hmm. And as we're talking about this, I want to turn to another thing you said Mm -hmm. having to do with peace. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, the sense of home that we're talking about. You ultimately talk about it as having this totality, the Mm -hmm. sense of home at this, you know, I think sometimes we feel emptier. We feel half ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's this totality that we're supposed to be oriented in within that communion, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember once uh, talking with an old high school friend of mine, and he was actually describing, he, he said, you know, boy, you know, there are just days when I just feel just out of kilter with everything. I just feel like I don't fit in with anything here, and that just everything is sort of dark and meaningless at, out there. And so, of course, I see the open door for opportunity. So I kind of rushed in. I said, well, Frankie, you know, I I, got to tell you, you know, what you're yearning for is is God. And uh, I said, well, maybe you don't have a whole lot of experience of him in your life. But, you know, you really ought to think about starting to pray. And I'm going to send you some prayers, you know, that uh, I think will help you uh, to, to, to start uh, but the first thing to to do is just the, the first three of those prayers that I talked about in, in my last segment with you, Timory, and that is to just say, number one, Lord, I know you're here. Lord, I know you love me. Lord, I love you too. Just start there. You don't have to ask for peace, but what you can uh, do and is ask for peace, of course. But those three prayers, you repeat them enough times. I'm telling you, that feeling of being out of kilter with everything it will be alleviated because he is the totality. He's the only totality. And, and unless we pray, right, trying to meditate and, and be immersed in nothing, this isn't going to help anything. <laughs> you know, just saying, well, I'm going to do my own personal spirituality. That's not going to help anything. You need God's grace. And, and, you know, I feel like Elijah, you know, and, you know, poor Frankie, you know, I, you know, I basically said, look, if you try anything else, it really isn't going to work. I kind of almost defy you to try something <laughs> else and really find peace. But tr- try the pushback, the foreboding prayer. Try doing these three prayers again and again. You know, Lord, I know you're here. I know you love me. I love you too. Just keep you know, saying that. Bring yourself into communion with God. And he can do what you cannot do for yourself. He can infuse you with the grace and the completeness in his perfect truth, love, goodness, beauty, and home that you can't do for yourself. And that makes all the difference.
That's Father Spitzer speaking. You're listening to Trending with Timory. You're challenging people ultimately to start to live a contemplative life. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I had the opportunity to live with a religious order for a summer some years ago. And their Mm -hmm. whole goal in the summer formation was to form contemplatives of this current time. And they were saying Mm -hmm. it's not just religious sisters and priests who need to learn to live contemplatively. Mm -hmm. It's all of us, especially the laity who are living in the world, to unite everything they're doing in action at the same time to be in prayer. And Mm -hmm. so how can we better do spontaneous prayer throughout the day without, you know, kind of reducing it to praying a Hail Mary all day long? Yeah, here's the first thing is we need a little time of what we might call intentional, concerted, contemplative prayer. Even if it's just 10 minutes to repeat those prayers that I was just talking about, Lord, I know you're here. I know you love me. I go through the entire Trinity plus Mary. So I'll just say, you know, Heavenly Father, I know you're here. I know you love me and I love you too. I do it slowly, meaningfully, lovingly. Then I do Jesus Christ, you know, and and so uh, then I do the Holy Spirit and then I I do Mary. Now, we can advance that by putting some things in about thankfulness and, and forgiveness for sins and so forth. Start there. Once you establish a communion with God, those spontaneous prayers are just going to pick up and they're going to be really effective conduits of grace for you in your life. Timory will be right back. Send her a tweet at Timory. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where morality and culture meet, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics. Thanks for being with us. A message about our sponsors. Solidarity HealthShare is simple to help pay for affordable, quality health care. They enable the community to share in each other's eligible medical expenses. You choose the doctors that you want to see. Even integrative and alternative medical treatments are eligible. Solidarity HealthShare helps pay for NAPRO technology and costs associated with natural family planning. Solidarity HealthShare is dedicated to both faith and your health care. Information is available at SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Father Robert Spitzer of the Magis Center is with me today, the author of numerous books, including The Five Pillars of the Spiritual Life, New Proofs for the Existence of God, and The Light Shines On in the Darkness, Contending with Suffering Through Faith. Mm -hmm. Our theme today is a topic of peace. In the second week of Advent, if you're listening to this during Advent, that's what the second purple candle stands Mm -hmm. for. Father, I want to talk about how today people try to find peace through quote unquote meditation. I was just talking to Mm -hmm. someone the other day. They were talking about how they're feeling a little off. They said, yeah, you know, I haven't been making time for my meditation. Mm -hmm. Now, in the modern landscape, it's a just question to kind Mm -hmm. of wonder, oh, are they talking about their yoga practice? Are they talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. seeking nirvana? Or are they talking about praying before the one high almighty God? Yeah, you know, there probably is some confusion, but uh, there's meditation and then there's meditation, which I mean by uh, Christian meditation. A meditation which is either self-emptying or a meditation which just improves focus, right, Um, you know, that meditation can clear the mind, no, no doubt about it. It has, a, you, know, a, you know, a capability to clear the mind. Unfortunately, it doesn't fill the heart. And so we need to be filled. And, and so 
just to, to have a sense of nothingness or even to have a sense of what might be called the nirvana of, of emptiness, almost the ecstasy of emptiness, that's really a, a kind of a false ecstasy, to be honest with you. At what it is is a self-emptying, and it does get rid of the clutter. Uh, yoga can get rid of the clutter. It can even sort of push away the things that are bothering us. But what we need is a principle of grace, first of all, to help us in our need. We need the living God to help us in our suffering, to give meaning to our suffering. We need the Lord to lead us out of our suffering, not just to go back to where we were. We want him to lead us out of our suffering in a fashion that's going to help us to help others to salvation and help us to get to our own salvation. So we want we don't want to be where we once were. That's not what Christian meditation is all about. We want to move ahead to a deeper communion with God, which produces a deeper fulfillment through him, a deeper, more profound meaning and life in him, a deeper capacity to not only move toward our salvation, but also to help others to get to their salvation, which is the most meaningful life you can have. So we need to be filled, and that requires divine grace. It just can't be getting rid of the clutter. Once you get rid of the clutter, something's got to fill it. It's either going to be more clutter once you stop meditating. A different or, kind of clutter. <laughs> or even a different kind of clutter or even an evil kind of clutter. Remembering what Jesus said about that spirit and get rid of the evil spirit. He goes roaming around for a while, then comes back with seven other spirits and sees all clean and nice and occupies it. And the, the second condition is worse than the first so we got to fill it with God, who is the only non-clutter at the end of the day, right? God's the only non-clutter we can fill ourselves with. It's his love. It's his goodness and justice. It's his truth. It's his beauty and majesty. It's his home that we want to fill ourselves with. It's communion with him and following him and loving him. That's what's going to fill the clutter and give us the most meaningful life we could possibly have. So trying to seek peace in the wrong way through meditation, through yoga, even trying to go out into nature sometimes. We get it wrong. Ultimately, nature should point us back toward God. Instead, people are looking at it to feel comfortable, to kind of empty themselves, as you mentioned, and to improve mm -hmm. focus. But that's, again, putting me, myself and I, at the center of my search for peace. And it's ultimately pride. When what we will really need, what we're looking for, is again that contemplative prayer life that we've been talking about. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, there's two ways you can walk out into nature. The one way is you can walk out there secularly, and I admit it, it's very beautiful, and you can feel the breeze blowing through you. You can enjoy it; it's a wonderful thing. It could even sort of give you a, a you know, a deferral of some of the emptiness or alienation or some of the troubles in your life. But again, it's not going to transform you. It's not going to truly fulfill you. And it's not going to alleviate your problems in a way that will get you ahead in your salvation, help others to get to their salvation. So for all intents and purposes, it'll give you kind of a deferral of what's bothering you. Uh, it can bring you a sense of, you know, real beauty and, and, and so forth. But then there's a second way of walking out into nature. And the second way of walking out into nature is, Lord, 
I know you are here. I know you love me. And I know you gave me that leaf. And I know that that rock that's so interesting is from you. And that bird which I hear and the wind which I feel, I know it's almost your presence around me. You're not talking yourself into anything. You're just discussing with God how he is moving you in your interior soul through the nature that's around you. And so, you know, honestly, if you start acknowledging the fact that he's the one who not only created the leaf or the plant or the beautiful panorama or the mountain or the bird or the squirrel or whatever it may be that is moving you, if you're acknowledging that he did this out of love for you, that it's almost a gift to you, that it's his essence that's shining through your uh, love of that uh, natural scene, that, that he's calling you to himself to a much deeper glory and majesty and beauty than you could ever have imagined. And as you're talking to him about it, that, that becomes a grace of communion with him. And then you can use that the experience of nature that's in communion with him to go to the higher level of, okay, Lord, uh, you know, how can I take this communion now and take it out into the world? Uh, right? Evelyn Underhill, the great writer about mysticism, wrote many very important books about mysticism. She, uh, her primary book called Mysticism says, what's the difference between all forms of mysticism and Christian mysticism in particular? Mm. Christian mystics don't separate from the world. They go back in the world to tell the good news. She, it's a perfect quote because if you look at St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, they just didn't hang out in the monastery. They were writing. They were managing these very complex, large religious orders, they were basically going back into the world to do what? To do the mission of Jesus Christ, who they been mo- they had been moved by, by ecstasy uh, that they had, yes, inside the monastery, but a mystical ecstasy, a grace of communion, a deep, what they call, unitive state that not only gave them purgation, from their own sinfulness, but illuminated them to the point of unity. And that illuminating to the point of unity is an ecstasy. And they took that and they said, well, I'm not just going to sit here in the monastery and enjoy the unity. I'm going right back out into the world where the cross is, because that's what the Lord my love wants me to do. I'm going right back out into the world where, um, you know, there's complications in my religious order. And I got Joe and Harry, and they're not doing the right thing. And I got to do something about that. And I'm going to go right back out into the world where uh, we better raise some money or we're not going to put any food on the table. I got to go back out into the world and get these guys primed up so that they're going to do something through their prayers, through their ministry, that's going to make a difference. And that, that's what really saves the day. Christian mystics, why, they go back into the world, the world, too, of the cross. That's Father Robert Spitzer. You're listening to Trending with Timory. Father, can you repeat who made that quote about what Christian mysticism is? Yes, her name is Evelyn Underhill. And if you just go to Google and look up Evelyn Underhill, Amazon, you'll see she has many books But there are two uh, ones that you want to start with. The first one is a very thick book on mysticism. That one is a little harder to get through, but she's got a smaller 
primer on mysticism. It's just called mysticism, where she compares not only Western, uh, you know, Christian mysticism to Eastern mysticism and other forms of mysticism, but she also looks at the fruit of the mystical life, both from the transformative power that I just talked about. We can go back into the world, can endure the cross with peace. That prayer of peace, by the way, of St. Teresa of Avila, which is so perfect, let nothing disturb you, that prayer comes right out of her own mystical experience, going back into the world of the cross. And furthermore, uh, we see the same thing in St. John of the Cross, the living flame of love, the same thing going back into the world. But in in any case, that book's called Mysticism. It's tough to get through. You know, some of the translations are not the best, but she, I think, is the best writer, the best Uh, understanding. That comparison is so helpful, uh, going out into the world versus turning in on itself. Mm -hmm. People will say, you know, I'm spiritual, not religious, and they're into Mm -hmm. mysticism. They're into, you know, kind of the stuff of Christianity, but not Mm -hmm. Christianity itself. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's why Buddhism, Hinduism, sometimes for some reason seems more accessible to them. But again, beware if there's this turning in on itself and a type of prayer that you are chasing after, Mm -hmm. that's the opposite of what Christianity is. And that's the opposite, ultimately, of what we're going to orient ourselves to, the gift of self, which is what we're called to. We're going to come right back in talking a little bit more about peace and how we can understand who's not struggling with this sense of peace. You can listen to more of Trending via the podcast on iTunes or the iHeartRadio app, where you can share your favorite episodes. You're listening to Trending with Timory. We're back in the second week of Advent. That second candle that you see at the Advent wreath stands for peace. Let that be the theme that you take throughout this week. With me today is Father Robert Spitzer of the Magia Center. You can find more about his work at magiacenter.com. That's M-A-G-I-S center.com. Along with numerous titles of books behind his name, helping us to grow in faith, better understand, but really enter deeper into the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Talking about the theme of peace, and in fact, a saint that means quite a lot to you and your religious order, (laughs) is St. Ignatius of Loyola, who talks about the importance of being contemplatives in action. Uh, I really see this as countering the theme of not having peace in the culture. Absolutely. And uh, what Ignatius, St. Ignatius realized was that contemplation, right, that's our prayer lives where we are, what's the point of contemplation? Communion with God. What's the the objective of contemplation? A a deeper relationship with God that's going to do what? As we were just saying in the last segment, flowing out into the world of action, flowing out into the world of evangelization, flowing out into the world of helping others to get to salvation, flowing out into the world to make a big difference to the kingdom of God, as big as we can make it. And St. Ignatius of Loyola called that the magis, M-A-G-I-S, which means the even more. So as our contemplative lives grow, as we deepen in our relationship with God, as we open ourselves to the grace of God, we can, you know, look at what happened to St. Francis Xavier, whose feast was on December 3rd. We take a look at him, and he opened himself in the spiritual exercises so deeply to God. I mean, he went everywhere throughout Asia, but generally by himself. And not only that, but he did so much good for so many, baptizing really hundreds of thousands. I mean, this is just an amazing life on every score, healing the sick. I mean, the guy had faith, you know, unbelievably. But what was the source of it? 
It was his contemplative life. It was his prayer. He was never alone. Yes, he was alone in the sense of no one was with him on mission oftentimes, but he was never alone in the sense of emptiness or or alienation. He was filled with the sense and the power and the presence and the goodness and the love of God, which moved him forward. So uh, St. Ignatius was trying to summarize it for people in the spiritual exercise. So he said, look, the whole spiritual life begins with contemplation. You got to have a relationship with God. That has to come from prayerful communion with Him, and and so we got to do some intentional things, even if it's just those three little hints that I gave you before. Lord, I know You're here. I know You love me. I love You too. That we just say that for the Father, the the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and Mary, are building that communion, and we're just present, accepting that grace. Then we can do everything that we want to do. Uh, we could walk out in nature, but we could serve people in the most destitute lands, in the most foreign lands in, in the world, we'd never be alone, and we'd be filled with the desire to baptize, filled with the desire to make the optimal positive difference, the majus to the kingdom of God, as St. As Francis Xavier did, as St. Ignatius of Loyola did. But then, interestingly enough, as uh, uh, you, Timory, also said, you know, when we're in that action, that service, that making a difference to the kingdom of God, it redounds right back to our prayer life, right back to our contemplation. We, you know, it starts deepening us. And when we're saying those prayers, Lord, I know you're here. I know you love me. I love you too. They mean so much more in and through the service, in and through the kingdom we've helped to bring about, in and through the love that we have in our service. It deepens our prayer. And so it's a big, ever-widening gyre. The contemplation leads action action leads to contemplation in an ever-widening spiral you're listening to trending with timory that's father robert spitzer what you're talking about reminds me of a study that came out from jama psychiatry talking mm-hmm. about how there's a group of people who aren't at risk for mental health issues mm-hmm. that is actually not at risk for suicide in fact they're seeing a zero suicide rate among this group and it's mm-hmm. young women who are very spiritual specifically catholic women who mm-hmm. attend Mass more than once a week, who really mm-hmm. become daily Mass communicants. And mm-hmm. it's fascinating to me because it really appeals to this theme of Magis, which I hadn't heard mm-hmm. that definition before of mm-hmm. the even more, mm-hmm. how when we receive the Eucharist, it's Christ that mm-hmm. fills us up and brings that peace that we are so desperately hungry for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really true. And, you know, that's why those women are not depressed. That's why they're not committing suicide is because they have that peace, which Paul calls beyond all understanding, mm-hmm. beyond themselves. So they have this wonderful peace that's in their heart. Sometimes they don't even recognize it. You know, the Lord is very subtle. You know, he doesn't just crash in with peace. The Lord grants peace, and it's alleviating our alienation, our loneliness, our guilt, and and so forth. And sometimes we take it for granted. You know, I'm a daily communicant, and I take the peace for granted. What I don't do is take it for granted when all of a sudden the Lord turns off the radio. You know how it is when somebody has the radio going in the background and it's just going 24-7 and you don't even notice it anymore, and then somebody turns off that radio, the, the silence is deafening. Well, it's the same way when you're like a daily communicant or you're a person with a fairly deep uh, spiritual life. 
you've got this peace in your life already. And the interesting part is this this peace that's there, you sort of start taking it for granted. It becomes normal. It's like these people who live in Rome. You know, I mean, there's so much in Rome. I mean, you just you just go, how can you take this for granted? But after a while, you sort of get used to it. All the beauty, all the history, all the architecture. You just take it for granted, and, and you sort of don't notice it anymore until you leave Rome. Well, it's the same thing. If God sort of just says, oops, I'm going to turn off the peace here for a second, you're going to go, yike, what's going on here? And of course, all, all of a sudden, left to yourself, that cosmic emptiness, alienation, loneliness starts in again. I can tell you one thing. What the Lord is trying to say is, it's not you who's producing the peace it's me who's producing the peace. Now come back to me, come back to your prayer, come back to the sacraments. I'll keep coming back to you. Just start with, Lord, push back the foreboding. Please give me your peace. And then you can start again. But I'll tell you, this peace is palpable, it's present, it's powerful, even if we take it for granted. That's Father Robert Spitzer of the Magis Center. You're listening to Trending with Tim, where you can find us at radiotrending.com. Father, that peace is a reminder. This filling up of the sacraments is all a reminder of, do we have that baseline? Do we have those roots that when something starts to go off center, mm-hmm. when the radio goes off, like you're saying, when the noise is gone, when we stop having that support, do we know what's missing? And I think that this is another problem. Some people don't know what they're looking for, but then other people do know what they're looking for. But when they kind of, let's say, stop going to daily mass for a couple mm-hmm. weeks or slack mm-hmm. on their prayer for just a couple days, mm-hmm. do they know what's wrong when they do not feel like themselves? And so how do we keep a constant reminder for ourselves of what we need when we do not stay on the right track? Yeah, sometimes they really don't know what they're missing. And that's why we've got this show today, because uh, we need to be reminded. Don't take the peace for granted. You know, that comes from your prayers. Stick with your prayers. Stick with your going to Mass during the week as well as on Sundays. You know, stick with a good sacramental life, especially the Sacrament of Reconciliation, Mm -hmm. which can bring a lot of peace. The point, though, is sometimes the Lord, even if, you know, you didn't hear a broadcast like this, um, the Lord can tell you in the back of your mind, you got to start going back to Mass again. You got to start praying again. You got to start doing something again because, you know, the, the, the emptiness is going to persist. But the Lord's going to tell you. He's not going to bowl you over and say, Bob, you know, s- start praying. He's, it's going to be almost like a, not silent, but it's like a little whisper, like Elijah, right? It's just like a little whisper in the back of your mind where the Lord is just sort of saying, you know, please come back to me in prayer and in mass and sacrament of reconciliation. Please come back to me. And all we have to do is say, yes, I'll do it. A lot of people take for granted the fact that, well, oh, I don't have enough time. I'm not going to be able to make the time. I'm not able uh, to find that time. I'm too busy. But the reality is, is I really do believe this and stand by it. When we take the time for certain things, such as uh, dedicating time to prayer morning and night, Mm -hmm. dedicating, if we can, time to attending daily mass, Mm -hmm. uh, dedicating a planned time to regularly receive the sacrament of reconciliation, Mm -hmm. we're actually going to take less time on other things. There's going to be less struggle. Not that it'll be easy, but we're going to be able to navigate through the day-to-day of life better, I would say. Oh, yeah. Uh, Timory, ditto. I mean, I totally... uh, would say that this is absolutely the truth. 
if you just dedicate that time to prayer, if you dedicate that time also to trying to get to Mass more often, the Sacrament of Reconciliation, I promise you, you will be so much more efficient in your life. I promise you, you will get so much more done for the kingdom of God. I promise you, you'll get your family obligations done so much more effectively. I mean, St. Ignatius of Loyola is screaming out through the centuries, this is absolute truth. I remember once, you know, um, Father Joe Fessio, uh, uh, you know, when I was just, I was a young pup, and I was directing one of um, his uh, student retreats out at uh, the Schloss Fessio out in San Francisco there. And all I remember is him coming to the first thing and saying, he holds up his rosary and he goes, you know, all of you are thinking you don't have time to say this rosary every day. Well, I say my rosary every day and I have more than enough time to do what I need to do. If I don't say it, I never finish what I need to do. And I just remember that going, yep, that's true. That's St. Ignatius. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, that's Father Robert Spitzer. He's our new regular guest here on Trending with Tim Ray. You can learn more at radiotrending.com, where you can also find links to his numerous books. In addition, if you'd like to get connected to Father Robert Spitzer and his work at the Magis Center, Spitzer Center, and the Napa Institute, you could go to magiscenter.com. Again, that's M-A-G-I-S center.com. This has been Trending with Timory. To book her to speak or learn more about her guests, visit radiotrending.com. You can listen to more of Trending via the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the iHeartRadio app, where you can share your favorite episodes. 